Each of these panel discussions tend to take on a life of themselves. Some of them have a preaching flavor where each guy preaches a little sermonette. Some of them are like a TED, TED Talk style where everyone receives a topic and then they go at that topic hard. This is going to be more like a barbershop talk <laughs> since we're all waiting to get our hair cut anyway since it's illegal. Oh, uh, we might as well listen to some old guys talk in the barbershop. Speaking of old guys, to my left, we have Mike Workman, who's a faithful member of our church. <laughs> to my right, Kent Shepard, who is also a faithful member of our church. And I am Kyle Sheeran, one of the pastors at FFC. Uh, to, you guys ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Classic. You've seen it? Yes, I think I have. It's okay. been a long time, though. Oh, man. I don't, I'm not sure if you can be a solid Christian, to be honest with you, yeah. if you don't I gotta recall, that, yeah. recall that movie. <laughs> with COVID-19, it kind of makes me feel like I'm living Groundhog Days. Yes. Like, every yeah. day is the yeah. exact same. But you guys are still going into the office every day, right? So I'm about 50-50, so telework, and then I've been going into the office kind of, to, you know, mm. depending if there's meetings or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I've been, every, been very fortunate every day. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So we just finished listening to Dan Herbster exposit 1 John, the end of chapter 2, and going into the first 10 verses of chapter 3, and it was, um, it was excellent. It was you know? amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Each time I hear him preach in 1 John, I think that was, that's the best until the next one. Then I think that's the best in 1 John. I loved how he had the three, the three elements, you know, the periodic table, the, the test, and this particular one hit hit two test. Um, I thought it was very reachable as well um, to the strongest theologian and then the newest Christian as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any, anything you want to unpack that was helpful for you from the sermon? So it was just interesting how he enumerated so many things. I've got, I don't know, like 20 different numbers written down here. So, yes. <laughs> um, But as I was thinking about it, he was really just keen on, like, you know, salvation as a whole, looking at, you know, your justification. How are you righteous before God through faith in Christ? How are you being sanctified, made into the image of Christ? And then how are you going to be when Christ returns? You're going to be glorified in him, and you can have comfort and hope in that. And so it was like he just hit all three of those layers, justification, sanctification, glory. So perfectly and packaged it, and like you said, it's a very obtainable. Um, I, I received a lot from it. It was mm-hmm. such a blessing to listen yes, to it. It's helpful. I mean, I did leave thinking, uh, what, what a great savior. Yes. What a great savior. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now it's now it's interesting because this was an expository sermon, but it was not like okay, we're going to do verse one, mm-hmm. verse what one word at a time. Then we're going to go to verse two, one word at a time. Then we're going to verse three, one word at a time. Right. And, and because there were a lot of themes that went throughout all the verses, so like when Paul teaches, Paul's going from point A to point B, right. and that's, that's how he teaches. It's, it's very you know, logical. Yeah. Where John, he doesn't teach from point A to point B. He, he'll go from A to B and then circle back around and hit A again, then go to C, circle back around and hit A, B again, go to D, circle back around and hit A, B, C. And so uh, v- very expositional, but a lot, a lot of his points as well, like the, the first question, how do you know if you're a child of God? Right. And then he says, you know, there are six evidences, and then see the evidence here in this verse, mm-hmm. and then this verse, and then this verse. So it, it was faithful expositional sermon, but faithful also to how it was laid out in the Right, faithful in terms of, I, I think he, he picked it apart, he picked the themes and packaged them in a manner that we could receive them. Had he gone verse by verse, he would have been repeating himself the whole time yes. through, and then it would have been just difficult on the listeners right. to, to hear that. So uh, just a fantastic job of organizing it in a manner that we can understand it. Yes, it's good. Uh, you got anything? How, how was it helpful to you? Well, you know, th- this is the type of sermon that I wish 
there was a certain point in my life that I wish I had heard. Mm -hmm. uh, because these yeah. are, um, you know, I, I was listening to Matthew's, um, uh, how, I think the question was how, or tell us about your salvation mm -hmm. experience yes. or whatever. And yes. it was the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that where uh, I believed that uh, because I took some of those verses in a literal sense, but mm. in a out-of-context literal mm. sense, mm. that, okay, I've sinned. I don't know if I'm saved or not. Right. And uh, so to hear that, uh, you, you know, and understanding, I think you even used the alien righteousness, mm. uh, to understand now what that means mm. um, versus what I knew then. Yeah. Uh, so the, a lot of a lot of things stuck out of my mind that I've like I wish I'd heard this when I was yeah. in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking as he was preaching, because we, you know, I know people in our church who are struggling with the assurance of their yeah. salvation, um, and these are good people. These aren't these aren't people that are you know living in sin, claiming to be Christians mm -hmm. but showing no evidence of it. These are right. good, solid, wonderful people, and who open their Bible and tears fall. Uh, every day or every week or whatever, and they're battling with the assurance of salvation. And I just was thinking, I, I want our people, I want, I want God through this passage to help our people yeah, give them assurance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I preached this particular text to my first pastorate. I pastored my first church for 11 months, and um, I call it my 11 months in purgatory, and then I got out of there. <laughs> There's wonderful people there now. Uh, but I remember preaching this text, and I, I titled it Satan's Spawn and God's Seed. And then I remember uh, a man saying, who was very influential in the church, and he said, uh, I'm through with you. I'm completely through with you. But why are you through with me? He said, my entire life I've heard that I was born a child of God. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me I'm, I'm born a child of Satan, that I'm Satan's spawn. And he didn't like the word spawn either. Yeah. He didn't like a lot of things. <laughs> um, and, and I said, this is, this, how can you argue with the text? And he says, I don't care what the text says. I will not believe it. Wow. And that's, yeah, that's just a, obviously not understanding scripture mm. that says that we are conceived in sin. Mm, yes, yeah. and that's who we are, mm. and so there you can't divorce theology mm. from the the text as he he preached mm. it. And, and I'm not a theologian, mm. uh, but you are. <laughs> Everyone that makes a statement about God's a theologian, <laughs> yes, it's just a statement determines right. if you're a good one or a bad one. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably not. A, but, anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyway, when we understand. Mm. Uh, that we are sinners. Mm, that yes. is our nature. That is yes. who we are. Yes. And we, somehow we have to be saved outside of that, or we have to be saved from that. Yes. Because that's our natural yeah. inclination. Yes. Yes. And uh, so, anyway, that was yeah. my commentary yeah. on that story. That yeah. So I wanted to ask both of you guys a question. Have you ever struggled with the assurance of your salvation? Myself, personally, no. And that is just because of the radical way that God has mm -hmm. saved me. You know, I was 7,000 miles apart from my wife, and both of us came to Saving Faith on February 27, 2011. So, mm -hmm. and the same day, unbeknownst to each other, both of us picked up scripts. We read it. We were saved. Um, I, I went back home a month later, and I had a new wife. She had a new husband. So, mm -hmm. so God saved us in such a unique way that we really haven't had any of those struggles with assurances. I can just yes. look at my wife, and I see what he's done with her. She can mm -hmm. look at me. And so we, we help to kind of um, lift each other up in terms of our assurance because we've seen yes. a miracle happen in our marriage. Yes. 
So there's obvious evidences of grace there oh my you know, that, are, that are just eye-popping. Um, I was baptized 17 years ago yeah. today, actually. So it's one of my an- anniversaries. Came to Christ a little bit before that. But I, I've never struggled with assurance of my salvation either. And it's difficult for me to identify with people that have. But I know we are in the minority. Right. That the majority tend to, at some point in time, struggle with the assurance right. of their salvation. But mine was similar. I mean, I was yeah. like on the borderline of prison and then just different. You know? right. <laughs> totally right. different. Yeah. Um, so what about you? You have struggled with Absolutely. assurance of your salvation. Yeah. You grew know, up in a pastor's home. I grew up in a pastor's home. Uh, and so I, this is not blaming anyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as I look back, I think some of the theology caused that I was taught, that I was mm-hmm. preached, right. would lay a seed of doubt. Could mm-hmm. lay because if so, it boiled down to this. I was I would look back. I was set, went forward mm. in 1973. Mm. I don't remember anything other than I was afraid of going to hell. And I can remember asking myself, did I say the right thing? Mm-hmm. Did I feel the right thing? Mm-hmm. That, yes. So the, the, the problem begins to be, it's on Mike. Mm-hmm. Did I, yes. is there a work in wrong? I see that, yes. And let me, and, and man, I struggle with that. I was saved, like Matthew said, probably a thousand times. (laughs) And I don't say that lightly because I am super sensitive to people who who feel because I know. Yes. And typically we're Southern Baptist. Mm. And we've struggled with with that. And there's a a reason. Until I got, and I can't explain why, Mm. I know the mechanism Mm. now, but there was a point in time when I began to pray um, specifically to create in me a new heart, mm. a new mind. Mm. And that in itself, in my mm. mind, is an, is an, an, an act of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. That in itself. So I'm not real good at explaining the mechanism necessarily, mm. but I understand that there is a difference now. Mm. Right. There is a understanding, a confidence, mm. understanding you know, uh, where that righteousness comes from. It's mm. not about what I said. Yes. It's yes. not about if I did the right thing. Mm. It's about that Jesus yes. Christ did the right thing. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, so there, there is a culture in which we can look internal. And so we can, we can look internal and look for evidences of grace, which is a healthy thing. This is what we saw in the text. But then it's also you can take that to its, to its end where it's unhealthy right. and mm-hmm. you're looking inside and you need to look to Christ for right. salvation. Because we can, we can say we're moral people. And we can we can mess this up mm-hmm. to where I'm not doing sinful bad things. I'm mm-hmm. doing moral things. Mm-hmm. That's not salvation. Mm-hmm. A moral people will spend eternity in hell. Right. Yes. Uh, immoral people will spend uh, eternity with Christ because mm-hmm. they have been made righteous through His blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I've, I've ministered with a lot of college age kids that were always struggling with these, you know, assurances of salvation. And typically, what they're told is, well, you you 
you know, you were baptized at 12 years old, or you said the sinner's prayer, you walked the aisle, you made a profession of faith, you, you gave your life to Christ during Awana or during VBS, and they're always looking back at something that they said or that they did, and they're putting confidence in that. And, and you know, we've got Christian teachers, they're telling people, well, you did this, put that date in the Bible and remember yes. that date, right? Yes, this was the day God saved you. Right, and, and they're looking in the rearview mirror, but we should be looking to the cross and looking to Christ, yes. and, and that's what we keep our eyes and our focus on. That's when you have that assurance as he's conforming you into his Yes. I'm discipling a, a guy now who's struggling with the assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. And same thing, like, I don't know if I prayed the right words. I don't know mm-hmm. if I did this. And so I'm consistently telling him, don't look to the past. Right now, are you banking your eternity in this risen Christ and his claims? Right. And that's something a previous elder here, a previous elder at our church, until he disagreed with me, then I kicked him out. <laughs> he left us, Vance, who is just so wonderful, and he's now uh, the headmaster of a Christian school in Missouri. And he helped me with that because I'd watch him sit in counseling things. And typically with you know younger younger people, um, and then he, they'd say, I'm just not sure if I prayed the right things, if I meant it enough. And he said, stop that mm-hmm. right now. Do you believe this Christ is who he says he is? And are you banking your eternity in his claims? And then, then it just it would click with them like right, right now. And so, did they trust Christ as their savior right then or right? Th- I, I don't know when, yep. but yep. they did. They did. Yep. You know, for, exactly. Therefore, so yeah, my wife struggled with assurance of her salvation because she came to Christ when she was younger, and uh, that's common. I mm-hmm. think I think that's that's common, and that's that's something that we're thinking about with our children as well. We have four children. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we will wait until they are much older to get them baptized, but two of the four have made a profession of faith, and we just want to we just want to see that worked out a little bit. I don't have a problem with people baptizing children at, at a young age. We just don't don't necessarily do it here. Right. We just want to see that worked out a little more because we we want them to have this rock solid assurance of of their salvation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it affects everything in life, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Like how you everything. sleep. I mean, how you yes. yeah. How you view the coronavirus, how, how you view absolutely everything. So one of the things in the sermon that Herbster spoke about was um, you'll have marks of your father. So you're either a child of Satan or you are a child of God, and you'll have marks of your father. You'll be a chip off the old, old block. So now on that spiritual level, now on a human level, just a fun mm-hmm. question here. How are you a chip off the old block from your from your father. <laughs> so ironically, um, my name is Kent, my dad's name is Kent, and my mm. grandfather's name is Kent. And, and your dad's <laughs> name is Kent. That's right. Yeah. Take it over. Yeah, so I'm the third. And, and, and interestingly enough, growing up, my nickname was Chip. Um, so mm, I, I, Chip off, yeah, chip off the I'll old block, yeah. There. So, you know, when I was five years old, my dad gave me a bow saw, and I chopped down every tree in the neighborhood. So, mm. so my dad was your, your, your quintessential northern lumberjack type guy, mm. just splitting logs, wearing flannel and dickies, and he was a mechanic and a machinist and a carpenter, a jack of all trades, a welder, and, and I grew up just like him. I grew up tinkering on everything, you know, getting my first little Harley Davidson at 15 years old, taking it apart, putting it back together. So um, I, I just, I grew up just like my dad. I am always trying to fix something or build something, and, and so I think in, in that regard, I look just like him. It's mm, interesting. Yeah, I, I probably do look like my father, people who uh, know, especially when I didn't have the, the beard, but uh, yes. we uh, we look alike. Our uh, yeah, everything that I when I teach, I I mean that's who I you saw. have those mannerisms. I, 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 yes, emulate that. And no matter you know, one of the funny things is is you you 
think a lot about. Uh, especially as a young rebellious type like I was, there's a lot of things I'm not going to do like my dad. Mm. I do a lot of things like, like my your dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's the, so those are famous last words. Yes. But that's a good thing. The older I mm. get, the, the more I appreciate that. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, mm. yeah, I am a chip off the old block too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. My dad's name is Chuck, and um, he's got some little idiosyncrasies that I picked up naturally. Mm. Uh, one of them I've gotten rid of, I think, because my wife thought it was weird. But um, my dad would always wear one sock and not the other sock and walk around the house, and he would sleep <laughs> like that. And I don't know if it was a comfort thing for him or what, but then the sock, the, the leg that had a sock on it, he would put a blanket on it, and the other one would be free. And so I'm like, that's, that's I don't know, I just kind of picked it up. Now my son Stafford does the same thing. <laughs> He has never seen me do that because I stopped before he was born. So I don't know if it's genetic wow. or what, but I tend to think he just walks around with one sock on and one sock off. It's wild. That is funny. Then uh, my dad, he eats a milkshake every day, and I eat a milkshake every day as well. And so he gets Briar's vanilla ice cream and scoops a bunch in a glass and then just pours milk over it. Don't mix it up. Mm-hmm. You just pour milk over it. And so I, I do that a lot as well. Yeah. Now, there are, some, you know, there are some negative things as well that we can pick up from our, from our fathers because our fathers are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, ultimately, our, our sin is on our shoulders, mm-hmm. right? Okay, let's, um, let's, talk about, let's talk about a couple other things here. What would you say to someone in our church who is struggling with salvation? What would you say to someone in our church who is struggling with our with their salvation? So, um, you know, these could be old, young, or whatever. But if we were not in this setting and you were just sitting across the table from them, what what are just some off the cuff things you would tell them if they're saying, you know, I just can't grasp assurance of my salvation? Okay, you're gonna start with me or him. <laughs> you go first. Okay, you I'll go first. Rock paper scissors? Or? No, no he okay. go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll defer. So. If somebody is struggling with the assurance of their salvation, you make sure that they understand the gospel, the death, Mm -hmm. burial, and resurrection, that that penal substitutionary atonement, Mm -hmm. that Christ has taken the sins of the world upon himself. In order to take our sin debt, he paid that penalty, and Mm -hmm. he lived the perfect sinless life to Mm -hmm. impute his righteousness to us. That's the great exchange Mm -hmm. of the cross. He took the worst of us, and he gave us the best of him. And the assurance is, are you trusting in that today? Are, are you placing all of your confidence, all of your hope? Are, are you banking on that truth? Do you have you know, soul-saving faith that Christ has done that for you? And if you, are, if you have not, then, then why not? What is holding you back? What is preventing you from doing that? And to ensure that they just continue to keep their, their focus, their gaze, their hope, their adoration on the cross of Christ for today and for every day to, you know, until they die. Yes. You just did a good example of keeping your focus as well because we had some people come in the back. Yes. Wow, way to keep your focus. All right, so that's for someone that's like really um, genuine about, about the assurance of their salvation. What would you say about someone who says, I'm struggling with the assurance of my salvation, but these people are not consistent in church. They never read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're living a life that is not consistent with self. And, and then they come and say, I, yeah. want, I want you mm-hmm. to grant me assurance right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've got 
orthodoxy and orthopraxy. And so mm -hmm. what that means is, is right doctrine, right teaching, and then right practice, right living. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when you look at those with the assurance of salvation, are you believing the right thing? Mm -hmm. And if you believe the right thing, then it should be generating a right living. And that is an act of repentance of sin. And as the things that kind of, that Dan talked about from the mm -hmm. text, you know, that kind of the, the litmus test, um, are you abiding in the Father? Do you know the Father? Do you have love for the, for the church, for mm. love for, um, for the Word of God, love for people? Do you want to assemble with the saints? Are you spending time in Scripture? If you claim to love God yet don't want to know God by studying His Word, mm. you probably don't love God. So all those little litmus tests, I would just take them right to Dan's sermon and kind of yes. run through it. Yes. Because So th th those are the evidences. Mm. Um, assurance is knowing the right thing. Evidence is an outflow of that knowledge that you have and that faith that you have in Christ. Mm. That's great. Yeah, first of all, I would let them know that I know what, they, what, the, what they're going through. Now, I want to make sure, too, that we're not talking about two different things. Assurance, do you mean that you can't be saved? Do you feel like mm. there's a reason that God cannot save you? And mm. once we got that settled, yes. if they're mm. just struggling in their, mm. you know, like most Christians that we're talking about today may come to point out. First of all, I think it's it's healthy. Mm -hmm. I think Scripture tells us that we should always uh, make sure that we are believers. Yes. So there's that. Mm -hmm. um, I also want them to not, you know, uh, there would be some practical things. Uh, R.C. Sproul has a really good, I, I looked at it on YouTube, it's a six-part series, about 25 minutes, mm -hmm. and then he answers this, this mm -hmm. question. But he ends it with one that's very, uh, just a statement that's very interesting. He asks them, do you love God perfectly? Mm. We don't. Mm. Even as believers, mm. we don't. Mm -hmm. He said, well, do you love them as you should? Mm. Do you love him as you should? Do you love Christ as you should? Mm. And the answer, well, if you answer the first one, no, you answer the second one. Mm. And then he says, do you have any affection mm. towards the Christ of the Bible? Mm. And I believe personally that if you cannot have the, that type of affection for mm. the Christ of the Bible unless the Holy Spirit has given you that alien righteousness mm. to, 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 to desire to it. Desire yes. This. Yes. And so that would be my indicator. Mm. Uh, but the person who is not doing any of those things and who has not, then I think that we are, <laughs> I think we're called to say, mm. you may be right. Right. Yes. And are you, are you, are you uh, interested in knowing or, or into yes. to being uh, yeah. uh, truly a believer? Yeah, I think that's great because the pastor wants wants people to be to have assurance, right. and sometimes we're giving them something that God has never given them and doesn't want them to have. Like there's no evidences of salvation. Um, and there, there's a question. I want to have assurance of my salvation, but there's there's no uh, muscle behind the question mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. discipline behind yeah. the question. Like I'm going to I'm going to do this. <laughs> And so you're saying that's something that God puts in you to desire Him, to go after Him, that is foreign and alien from the outside. I believe that, yes. Well, you know, I think you keyed on something that's very important, and that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the believers. You know, at the point that you are born again, you are indwelled with His mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. Yes. And he is informing your conscience, growing you into His image. And so those sins that you once did, when you try to engage in them as a believer in Christ, mm -hmm. you're going to have Holy Spirit conviction. You're going to mm -hmm. feel 
genuinely grimy over offending yes. Christ, over essentially putting him back up on the, on the cross again um, because you're sinning against what he did for you. So I, I think that, you know, when, when you're involved with the Holy Spirit, those sins initially, like those external sins that used to plague you before your salvation are going to go away. Then you start to realize how, you know, grimy your inward sins are, and he's going to work on your heart. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. Thank you, man, for... Um joining me in the barbershop today. Oh, it's great. And uh, friends, this has just been such, such a, a wonderful time in this particular text. If you're struggling with assurance of salvation, obviously you're not the only one today, nor are you the only one in history because there's a whole book here written to display the character of God and pointing you to have assurance of that salvation. So go hard after this Christ and realize that no man can grant you assurance. God alone can give you assurance. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.